I'm Nadine. And I'm Chrissy. And you're listening to Side Hugs. Your unofficial Duggar Snark podcast to help you help us feel better about talking shit about this weird-ass family. In this episode, we're going to be discussing School Days and Big Family and Big Sandy. These are two episodes from Season 2 of 19 Kids of Counting that show the Duggars visiting a public elementary school for the first time and going to a homeschooling conference in Big Sandy, Texas. Do you want to give us a rundown of the episode descriptions? Sure. So season two, episode 10 is school days. In this one, Michelle and some of the kids visit a public school for the first time. And they also explain how they run their own homeschool. And then in the other episode, Big Family and Big Sandy, the Duggars take a road trip to the ATI homeschool conference in Big Sandy, Texas. Great. So before we dive into these episodes, we should start by giving everybody a little bit of background about the homeschool program that the Duggars follow and this conference that they go to in Big Sandy. So let's dive into it. Do you want to explain what ATI is? Yeah. I don't even know how to begin with this whole thing. (laughs) It's a lot. When you're on Reddit or, you know, just reading about Duggar stuff, you see ATI thrown around a lot. So Mm -hmm. according to its official website, ATI or the Advanced Training Institute is a quote, biblically based home education program for families who desire to raise up sons and daughters who are mighty in spirit and able to impact the world for Jesus Christ. So it's basically the homeschooling curriculum that they follow, but it also has so much religion thrown into to it that a lot of it is just very the educational component of it is like very questionable lacking yeah, okay. <laughs> so yeah. it's kind of like not present yeah. in the place that they should be yeah. we've touched on it a little bit i think in a previous episode we kind of dove into the um like the wisdom booklets that they had mm-hmm. i've, I've taken a look at them yeah i do have some more about that later on Okay, so we should also mention that ATI is part of this larger umbrella organization called IBLP. Literally too many acronyms for we are undereducated religious zealots, but it it stands for Institute of Biblical Life Principles, and it is the kind of like overarching structure of this like super fundy almost cult that the Duggars belong to. So it was headed up by a man named Bill Gothard and he wanted to start this program called Institute of Biblical Life Principles to give people guidance about how to live a godly life and how to live in accordance with the Bible. And okay, so something that's weird about him is that he is super into like regulating family dynamics and gender roles within the family. Mm -hmm. And he has so many opinions that he claims are biblically based about what a family should be and like what a man is, what a woman, you know, what a wife should do, what a Mm -hmm. husband should do. This man famously... 80, octogenarian, never fucking married. Super creepy that he would surround himself by like very pretty young girls at his training institute who he hired all as like secretaries and um, famously got busted and ousted from his own organization in 2014 for, uh, (laughs) I mean like this should surprise no one, like 
he had a long right. history of like sexual harassment of these like vulnerable, naive, younger women, young yeah. women, yeah, that he would surround himself with. So he's out of IBLP. And now it's it still exists, but he he's an interesting figure. We 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 can talk about him more, but right, yeah, yeah. So like, while he's no longer attached to it, and so the Duggars are also no longer attached to him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's still he is like a huge part of what everyone calls you know the, the cult that the Duggars you know follow. Yeah, it's also interesting that like I feel like he injected the curriculum and the program with like a lot of his personal preferences like famously he had a preference for like long very curly hair which is directly responsible for the ramen noodle era of like the the 2010s right like michelle taught the girls how to perm their hair at home thus all of those years of terrible ramen hair for sure yeah, which is bananas, but like when you realize that there is no biblical foundation for this like right. thing that is in all of the instituted biblical life curriculum and mm-hmm. an ATI curriculum, like it is an old man's personal preferences on a woman that shaped the yeah. entire like grooming routines for decades of young yeah. adult women all over the country. Like it's so bizarre. Like of all the things for there to be a focus on. Um, within this you know yeah yeah he's creepy oh um, man they they never i don't think he ever like makes an appearance in like 19 kids are counting and i do think that they kind of skirt around the issue of like him as a person directly because i feel like to talk about him would be too it yeah. would be too easily to cult yeah like, <laughs> right it's for there to be almost like a figurehead in the form of him yeah i can't remember if they've ever mentioned him by name on any of the shows but you know outside of the show among the fandom you know that's a name you hear so much oh yeah definitely because yeah it's the secret little puppet master that right exactly yeah um we should also note that so with the duggars being a part of ivlp they're among so many other families who just have tons of kids you know leave it up to god in terms of you know how many kids they'll have but the like big difference is that the Duggars live differently. You know, they were able to have TLC fund their huge house and they were able to make so much money from TLC. Whereas a lot of other fundy families, they'll have a lot of kids, but they'll also sometimes appear malnourished or have very, you know, hand-me-downs like five times over, but still be making like, you know, forming these huge families because it's part of their religion. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think we'll talk about it later, but we could definitely see how when they're at the conference, Mm -hmm. it becomes abundantly clear pretty quickly that this family is not in the same financial situation as most of the people at this conference. Yes. And yeah, it is just like, I have so many thoughts. We'll we'll get into it. But first, we should start with school day. So yes. God. All right. So, so this is the episode that where Michelle explains all of their homeschooling, their practices, their routines. So we open mm-hmm. with Michelle herself wrangling all the kids to do their homeschooling, which is a complete mess. I can never with all those kids of different ages. So it's it's as hectic as it sounds. We have a moment of Justin telling Michelle he's oh he's young at this point, like five or six maybe mm-hmm. and he's, he's telling michelle that he's done and, and then she's telling him that he needs to do x y and z which it just clearly seems that she's not paying enough attention because she's one person hurting mm-hmm. over a dozen other kids and she's not a teacher so it's just yeah. it's, it's completely chaotic 
chaotic and we, poor little Justin is putting up a valiant fight like he mm-hmm. desperately does not want to go do his homework because okay if you think about like these are rambunctious young children like running around the house they're at this point they seem pretty spirited i feel like it's just like a normal school day but the thing is i've looked at the curriculum and i've looked at these like little workbooks that michelle even says it i think really early on in the episode that most everything for the younger kids is workbook based like they are given a workbook and told to work off of this thing like it is i couldn't imagine a more unstimulating no yeah activity or environment for a kid to be in for most of their quote-unquote school day like right. of course they don't want to sit in front of like a book and read the book until they're that's not and that's not instruction that's not like no it's I feel like can justin even read at this point like <laughs> right it's just it uh even like with uh you know they're against like computers and everything like that and i know screen time is like a whole thing but with homeschooling in general you know standard homeschooling they do videos because it's like more engaging and it holds their interest right like sitting in with these workbooks especially for kids who don't really know much to begin with and also the sitting so they do talk they say that they're younger kids they they do workbooks and then I think, like, once they get to, like, middle school, they start doing computers. And I was surprised that every kid who was, like, over 12 or 13 seemed to be working on their own computer. Yeah, there's a minute, there's a there's a scene where Ginger says that the teenagers are old enough to, to teach themselves at that point, which is, like, <laughs> not true. Definitely not true. No. Also, it's just, like, that also, to me... Mm-hmm. It's boring as hell. I can't even do that for a work. Like, it's, like, famously soul-crushing. And right now, everyone's, like, freaking out because their kids are having to do, like, Zoom school, which is, like, staring at a computer for Uh eight hours a day. And it's impossible. Like, these kids are not learning. Like, they're not learning. It's, like, this is, like, what an office worker is doing at, like, a soul-crushing nine-to-five, just, like, staring at a computer screen and, like, you know, like, scrolling through different things. a lot. I, I mentioned talking about like the ATI. We we, we mentioned the ATI wisdom booklets, and yeah. so when Ginger is on the computer working, she says she's learning science and she's learning about the eye. And so you know, at first you might think, oh, okay, you know, this is okay. There's science. It's 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 normal school in some ways. But did a little bit of research, and in the actual ATI wisdom booklet, all right, so there's a section on the eye, and there's a diagram, and there's parts of it, but there's only, there's like a little portion that talks about what nearsightedness and farsightedness is. But then there's all these questions that just bring it back to religion in such like a weird haphazard way. They ask how a student can apply nearsightedness and farsightedness to errors in spiritual perception. (laughs) Um, They say, why must we be alarmed every time we see sin? So it's just, oh God, like they didn't stand a chance. Honestly, reaching there, like put your arm down, like you're straining yourself. (laughs) no it's like it's bananas also the thing that i noticed about the wisdom books this is like like you're saying like they take a bible verse or they take like a portion of scripture and then i feel like they reverse engineer the booklets are like how can we relate this to any scientific concept like how can we pull anything out of there but if you think about it like from week to week like the next week they could be learning about like irrigation and like ancient mesopotamia because there was like a little thing about watering your crops or something you know it's like such a chaotic disjointed like absolutely not methodical approach to learning it's like i feel like their heads are just like filled with like random factoids about things that are vaguely you know you could vaguely classify as science or like that's like a good way to put it just like little like facts tidbits of information 
but like you can get the same education by reading like a, a like a bathroom reader like a game sure. like type like yeah. please believe it or not <laughs> like did you yeah. know <laughs> like, and, and i guess it just it, it goes along with like and it's like not justified but it's like that's all they need they don't need anything more because of you know what kind of lives are being set up for anyway in a way and it's so fucking frustrating i i can't I can't tell to what extent they really understand what they're setting their kids up for because in interviews, they were asking Jim, Bob, and Michelle what their opinion about public school was and, and higher education. And Jim, Bob kind of says to the camera, like, yeah, of course, some of our kids are going to be want to be doctors and some of our uh-huh. kids are going to want to be lawyers. And I, I'm just so curious, like, to what extent do you actually believe that? Like, did any part of him think that? Because, like, okay parents love their kids and think they're ideally things like their kids could do anything and they're like superstars sure. who could take on the world but like do you think that jim bob was just like lying to himself and the cameras and or like yeah. do you think any part of him believed that that uh, was in the realm of possibility for his kids i think he was I, you know i don't know how much he believed himself i think he was saying it because it sounded good like absolutely that mm-hmm. um but i don't even I mean, I think that he would want his kids to have jobs that are, like, self-serving for the family, no matter what they are. Yeah. I mean, but, like, I could I could see, like, they obviously... Law? Okay, that, law? You know? Okay, lawyer? Okay, yes. Yeah. But doctor? I mean... Too altruistic for the doctor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you're, you're right, though. Law and... I, I, I could see something like that, especially because... They've tried to get into politics so much. Yeah. So that's that's reasonable. That's reasonable for him to think it's reasonable, but it's like not reasonable to for like normal people to to see the Duggars doing that now. Well, I don't know which one is kind of worse. If he's just like yeah. at this point where all of his kids are kind of still under eighteen, it, I don't know if it's worse to know in the back of your mind like my kids are never going to be more than like used car salespeople, or to genuinely think that like yeah like of course they can they can do this if they want to and then it turns out that none of them really have the foundation to do so either way it's just fucking depressing for the children who like yeah they kind of interview the kids about what they want to be when they grow up and they kind of give the standard funny answers like Mm -hmm. a lot of people said missionary a lot of people I think that was like the most common answer, and these are yeah. little little kids. There's a, there's a couple of like midwife among the girls, which okay. is another standard. One answer that really stood out to me it took me back. Honestly, it made me wonder okay. if we have been overlooking someone <laughs> in the snark community. Jeremiah, what was his answer? They were like, "What do you want to be?" And he immediately doesn't blink an eye. He says, "An artist." And I was like, "Oh, oh my god!" Like, uh, <laughs> I know. Like, soul that we kind of uh you know that he just famously has gotten lost among the throng of Duggars. like it's been like it's been edited it, out and then you know yeah. beaten out of him not beaten but you know yeah no it was just kind of beautiful i was like oh my god it, okay obviously there's these are children like they all have their hopes dreams ambitions and like weird quirks and stuff but it it kind of did take me back and I, I i realized like we actually don't really know these kids and what they privately like yearned for growing up and what they you know were right had like natural inclinations towards because obviously like it it does get beaten out of them at an early age but mm-hmm. now that i'm thinking about it i feel like we have seen the only other like flash of creativity that we've seen from jeremiah is like at a wedding he made this like i think it was at ginger's wedding do, do you remember this he made this like beautiful flower arrangement on a cross okay. and like, people were kind of like i feel like some of the other boys were like whoa kind of like yeah. ribbon on yeah. him for 
for doing like this quote unquote sure. like, more feminine like womanly type of work but yeah he's so focused and into it like i think there's something there i think he's an artist i think that we need to break him free i think we need to right him to, like pratt or something <laughs> like <laughs> oh my god and he can like dye his hair and get a weird haircut and like start listening to grunge <laughs> He would be the one we should have watched all along. I know. Well, yeah. Well, this is yeah. just kind of like <laughs> me and my, um, yeah. I know. But, um, in your head canon. In my head canon, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's a good point about all of the natural dreams and hopes that the kids had before, yeah, before it was you know, instilled in them what they were supposed to do by the rules of their family and their religion. And it's it's yeah. so sad because it's like at, at this point, they still have some of that, but not long after this, you know, their goals were, you know, what their family wanted it to be. Yeah, like absolutely subsumed in this whole like grift of we're Christian and TLC is or is our, is our um, ministry, yep. which like, yep. <laughs> it's not legitimate in any sense of the word. I know, but that's how, right, like that's how they justify their reality tv quote-unquote stardom and being on television because it's their ministry but okay they're fucking happy with it yeah they do mention um josh right now he's the only one who's married and moved out and has a job and michelle claims that they stopped financing him which okay not really because at this point he's working at a duggar used car lot i don't think that's his right he didn't just like start it that's jim bob duggars (laughs) yeah and i love that he is still working at this used car lot (laughs) like a decade later (laughs) i feel like it is like obviously hypocritical but i feel like they would never it doesn't even strike them as such because they think that like he's still working you know he's like working Mm -hmm. he's singing for a supper like he's doing labor and like he's getting paid but he has to put in work but honestly it's kind of just like a heightened version of a kid getting an allowance from their parents sure i mean because the odds are great that he already worked this kind of job before he was before he was out of the house so he's essentially very likely just continuing what he was doing but in michelle's mind just because they're not directly financing him yeah i'm thinking about it it'd be pretty easy to be quote-unquote financially independent if you know your parents had like multiple businesses that could employ you (laughs) like of course yeah right yeah um but they would never admit as much they, they're just like the type of people to be like we work so no. hard like we're self-made all of our kids like and the type of people who also just tell themselves something so much that they they've convinced yeah. themselves yeah yeah and it's like it's so ingrained into them that they would never it would never even like cross their mind they're like oh no this is not in fact mm-hmm. true exactly okay speaking about money also yes they make this whole hoopla early in the interview about, you know, they're preparing to go to this public school. They explain this in more depth than is anyone would ever need. The fact that they subsidize public schools with their taxes, you know, but it's like charitable because they don't actually take advantage of the public schools because they homeschool all of their children. And they say like several times in many right. different ways. They're like, we don't resent this, but, and it's like, whenever somebody starts a sentence with, we don't resent this, but whatever comes oh next God. means that they like, but. they absolutely resent sure. it to the hill. Like, they're so just like bitter and like, yeah. feel really more like, superior because they pay their taxes, which right. not to be conspiracy theorists about it. We actually don't know if they do. We don't know their tax structure uh, with all their I like mean, LLPs and their, um, sure. I feel like that'd take over. Yeah, all their businesses and all of their children's names, essentially. Yeah. Come now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we don't actually know. Even that is a questionable claim. You know, it's mm-hmm. not beyond, um, there's a little bit of doubt there. 
But it's like you got you guys don't get like a fucking award for being like a citizen of a country right. and like contributing to that country accordingly sure for doing what you're supposed to do like okay yeah yeah exactly yeah i mean there's so many times where michelle or jim bob say we're not anti-public school or it's it's it will it's what works for us you know just continuously justifying what they're doing and it's just so obnoxious i was surprised that michelle mentioned that she went through public school like from like k through 12 yeah yeah, because Jim Bob says he, he was in public school and then, like, a private religious school. I wonder if he had, like, a little bit of family money growing up. I know. Because we don't, well, we see a little bit. I guess we don't really see much of either of their extended family anymore. I think because Michelle's family is, like, not at all a fundy. Yeah. And so it's kind of, like, humiliating for her that yeah. she has, like, a normal family. Like, a source <laughs> of shame. Your <laughs> family's, like, out and out in the world. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm actually now curious to, like, to, like look at socioeconomically like, how it was for them growing Their up. Their background. I yeah. mean, I assume that Jim Bob must have been, like, pretty comfortable if his parents could afford private Christian education. They owned at least one business because didn't his mom owned that, like, frozen yogurt. Yogurt place or ice cream place or whatever that michelle worked at interesting thing happening there yeah (laughs) um all right so it's the morning of michelle taking a bunch of the kids to this local public elementary school for an assembly where they are the special guests Mm -hmm. everyone's awake jim bob is sleeping in bed as he would do as a guy who doesn't have any responsibilities because they're placed on his older children and wife (laughs) he let me get into just a couple of gripes i have with the the morning yeah well with the scene okay so there's like yeah they have the infant jordan who sleeps with the parents until she's like one or whatever and then she gets cast off to the buddy system she's sleeping in a vibrating bouncing seat at the foot of the bed on the floor and as a parent and as someone who sees other parents get on other parents online that is a definite no-no literally babies die from sleeping in those and you would think after over a dozen kids michelle would know like the rules um i guess it's like a suffocation thing whatever so you're not supposed to let them sleep in them overnight um and this same seat earlier in the episode was on the island countertop in the kitchen being about like a kid was one of the older kids is going to town bouncing a baby in it while michelle's talking like this is in the background so i'm just between these two scenes i just once again michelle is I don't know how her children like have survived. Wait, so the baby was yeah. like upright. It was in like this thing, like, that, like an angle. So it's like a vibrating seat, and you could put babies in them to relax and like throughout the day. But you're not supposed to let them mm-hmm. sleep in there for extended periods of time because something about like the angle of their neck. It's like in their chin to yeah, their chest, no, they could suffocate, seems... and you won't even know it. Yeah, for like yeah. hours on end to be kind of like confined in the right. same place. And like for some parents, it sucks because those things are like a godsend, and your kid might only sleep in there. Mm-hmm. But there's all of these warnings and just all of these scary stories about bad things happening. And for a grown ass woman like Michelle, who's been through so many kids, it just grinds my gears they do a lot of things like that where it's kind of universally acknowledge that it's like not safe to do like taking like castor oil during labor yeah yeah and for the next for the other episode too i have i have a note about that but but um 
Go on. I, just, I, I had to throw that in there. Well, no, I mean, some light child endangerment. Right, exactly. Okay, the morning scene is just, like, generally incredibly chaotic. Okay, so the Duggars famously have this, they think it's, like, a cute, quirky little thing. that They're always late, and so they have a name for it, and they're like, it's it's just we're on Duggar time, you know? Like, mm-hmm. But I feel like they've openly talked about the fact that they are a family of very late risers, and they go to bed very late. Ginger talked about the fact that um, when she got married to Jeremy and they moved to Laredo, it was, like, very difficult for her to get up at 8 a.m. or earlier. And I was like, okay, woman... <laughs> That's like a normal adult time. That's like kind of like a good adult time. If right. You can sleep until eight. Yeah. Every day. But also, whatever. I'm I'm like a night owl. I'm a late riser. Yeah. I feel like I heard one time that the Duggars don't actually start their homeschool day until like ten in the morning. Okay. So. And so. <laughs> right. So like they don't have nine to five jobs to go to. They don't have a strict school schedule. So yeah, they're. Mm-hmm shit is like all over the place it seems especially chaotic because obviously to go to this public school assembly they have to be up early <laughs> like yeah normal people who go to school normal- and like have to take their kids to school do have to be uh-huh. up early a normal like, school day yeah exactly so it's like six in the morning and they do they do make a big deal about it because for this family it is like bananas to wake up while it's still dark outside which is like kind yeah. of like a normal daily thing for like the vast majority of people so yeah, so it's like 6 a.m. Everybody is kind of like hustling and trying to get out the door to this mm-hmm. public school assembly. And Jim Bob is fully laying in bed asleep. Like yeah. he's like in pretty deep REM. Oh, sleep. yeah. And Jana has to come in and like, and she's like singing to him. Like it's like a like a good morning wake up kind of like sing songy thing. And I'm like, okay, this is like fucking weird. Like, yeah, I don't like I wonder it. if like, no, I don't like it. I, it. And it seemed like, does Jana wake up Jim Bob every morning by like <laughs> singing him like a wake up dad song? Like, little, she's like too old. I know. I could see that being the case. Though. But also, like, I could see that being the case. Yeah. Like, could you imagine that being your fucking jurisdiction? To- I know. But for them, they're the, they're golden for being able to do that Jana like for that being your chore I think that uh <laughs> they enjoy that <laughs> well, everybody wants to be the favorite and that gets you like yeah. prime attention it does no yeah. I feel like Jana might be one of like for sure Jim Bob's favorite oh yeah oh yeah no doubt about it I, I caught another moment of maybe tension between Jill and Ginger Ooh, okay let's hear it I feel like this is something I want to keep tracking throughout yeah. these earlier yeah. episodes because <laughs> I am curious about their like behind the scenes family dynamics because like they they have they have to be really like complicated and intense behind the scenes in ways sure. that we don't see all the time. Yeah, but um, so Ginger is kind of like not wanting to go to this assembly. She says she's never like. I don't know. It's probably her like shyness about like public speaking or whatever, like being at the center of attention in front of like strangers. But yeah, she kind of makes a joke that it might be snowing outside. And if it's <laughs> snowing, like you know, school might get canceled and we might not have to go. And she seems really excited. Yeah. And then it cuts to Jill, like rolling her eyes, like very obviously a ginger. Rolling them. And she's like, it's just raining. <laughs> and she like kind of walks outside, like carries all her stuff outside. It seems like, okay, I want to say at this point, this seems like an established thing between Jill and Ginger where like Ginger says something because she's like anxious or like, I don't know, has something. And yeah. Jill like immediately kind of quips about it and kind of shuts it down. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. I think I'm, I'm willing to go on a limb and say like this kind of characterized their teenage dynamic. Like I think we have enough evidence at this point to say. And they're not close now. 
I can't like I can't imagine the last time they've like hung out one on one. Like it must have been years at this point. Yeah, I'm even thinking like before Jill and Derek left Counting On, before all of that happened. Like I can't remember seeing them genuinely close together in any of the in any of the episodes. You know what I mean? No, yeah. no. So I think you're onto something with this. Me too. Yeah. I think okay, if this is like an English essay that I had to turn in or like a paper or something, like this would be the third point of evidence and. Yeah, yeah. It's like the first is like the contentedness video, the Duggars in Asia, like eye rolling thing, and then now, yeah, it's adding up. Yeah, (laughs) I'll keep I'll keep looking around and see if there's um there's more to substantiate this theory of mine. But um, I mean, I obviously don't think they were like at each other's throats or like despise each other. I just think that they were like sisters who didn't really gel together and like in a family where they want everything to seem perfect and everything seems perfect on the outside something like this is a big deal it's on par with in a normal family two siblings being down each other's throats so it it, it's yeah you know it's juicy for sure It's just kind of like, yeah, exactly like you said. It's like reality peeking out through the cracks of this, like, bland, like, perfect little facade that they've tried to cobble together. Absolutely. So back in the elementary school, it's an assembly about reading. And Michelle and the family have a book they're going to read to them. But first, everybody gets up to dance and sort of get their energy out. And we have Michelle and all of her kids sitting there super awkwardly because you know they have the rule against dancing and it's so uncomfortable and the cameras just like get it all they they know how weird it is so i kind of they yeah. look mortified yeah. like they're paralyzed yeah. with fear oh for sure um and then michelle talks to the talks to the kids a bit who don't really seem to like care or know who the Duggars are. Um, and then the older girls play their violins. It's literally the most boring assembly. Like if I was a kid, I would be like so ready to get out. Yeah. And we should. Okay. So the pretense for them or like the reason that the Duggars are invited to this school is like the teachers were interviewed and they're like, Oh, it'd be great, you know, to have some like local community authors come in and like talk to our kids about yeah. reading and writing. These children are functionally, functionally like illiterate, yeah. <laughs> like almost at like at this point growing up Duggar hadn't come out they're talking about this book that like Jim Bob and Michelle quote-unquote wrote they obviously like had like a pretty involved ghostwriter I doubt that they kind of wrote any of this on their own but they're here to talk about what it's like you know being authors being like famous authors um totally that's the first thing that comes to mind when I think oh I know too it's like right literate worldly (laughs) bookish yeah there and also like they keep expressing shock about like how well behaved the kids are and like you can just tell that these are kids like the duggars like they have been told all their life that like, public schools are right. shitholes and kids they're violent and kids they're run just, wild. Like, are, you know yeah uh-huh. yeah yeah have, they have no man they can't possibly have any manners because like they don't have like right. god in the school and it's just like really not the case they're just like nice children who like want to learn and i thought they looked mm-hmm. bored during the assembly but they were like nobody was doing anything no. remotely these are very small children who were like kind mm-hmm. of patiently waiting through the terrible violence right but you're right everything. michelle does make multiple comments about being so pleasantly surprised about the kids being so well behaved and it's just such like a backhanded compliment because you could yeah you could tell that she's because then she also makes a comment about 
She's like, oh, I guess they wanted the kids to get up and dance to get their energy out. But, you know, we have different techniques. And so, like, of course, she has to, like, get that in there. But, like, okay, they were so much more calm yeah. and well-behaved than her kids running all mm-hmm. over the home, like, trying to avoid their school yes. and, like, kind of getting yeah. away with Oh, yeah. Time. Like, those, I feel like her kids could not sit still, which is crazy. They're on this, like, sure. they have a huge property they can run around. But I guess, I, I don't know. I don't think they structure their day so as to have a well-placed recess or PE yeah but okay a lot of like a lot of like fundamentalism relies upon keeping you separated from like the rest of the world so they can tell you like how bad the rest of the world is and how like good you are and how how much they're protecting you from something that actually isn't true that's true yeah you know but oh also so michelle brings not the entire family she brings the oldest four girls a baby jordan right and then Josiah. yeah is he the only boy who goes? He's the only boy. And he's like, I, I think like yeah. 10 at this point. It's just so interesting that like, it makes sense because he is the most like, he seems really comfortable in front of the camera and in front of yeah. people in general. And I noticed that in these two episodes, production is kind of using him as like a little narrator for these l- little Sure, so he's really do. good at that. Yeah, I feel like every time that they need some sort of expositional footage about what we're doing or why we're, they kind of like Josiah's there. You know, he's like he's pulling his weight. He's like explaining everything. Yeah, Um, yeah. I was just surprised that like out of everyone they chose him to go. I mean, it makes sense, sense, right? But as the only boy, it's like a little curious. It's just like random. <laughs> like have four old boys and yeah, like a ten year old sure. boy who um yeah. But they all split off into different groups and they go read to the kids and then there's a great, great projection yeah. snark moment yeah. at the end. Um <laughs> Jill is talking to the kids about what she likes to write. You know, she's talking about she likes to journal and they talk about their favorite books. And Jill's favorite book is called Before You Meet Prince Charming. And this is something that fans have talked about a lot, but it's it's a book. It's like a guide to purity and it's, it urges young girls to what they call guard their hearts and to, you know, wait for the right guy and maintain their modesty, everything that the Duggars believe in as far as, you know, girls having relationships. Then Jill mentions, but boys would probably like some other book that I didn't get down. What was that? Reverend Spy. And then TLC does this amazing thing and they cut to the screen. On one side of the screen, it lists the Duggar homeschool books. And on the other side, it lists recommended reading for public schools. And there are two for the Duggars, which are the two Jill mentioned, as opposed to like the list of the other kids. Okay. (laughs) It's so okay. Before you, before Prince Charming or whatever, I feel like can only be called a book, like in the most generous of terms. Like, I'm sure it's like step one, like, hey, step two, you know, like one of those like healthy Christian instructional manuals for like how to be a virgin on your wedding day. But like, and then the Reverend Spy is like, I looked into it and it's like this like children slash YA series, which like, okay, Jill is. 17 18 at this point like (laughs) she should have a little bit more under her belt and it takes her a really long time to like come up with an answer she she does like a lot of like stuttering um um like kind of like looking for something like what are they reading like what are you reading (laughs) you should have assigned reading and that assigned reading should not be before oh, Prince Charming. I, I honestly don't think that they are assigned yet. Oh. novels to read. I think they're assigned mm-hmm. like past Bible to read. For sure. Not like fiction. No. And then on the other side of what production put on the other side for um for like public school reading was li- the classics. Like you, you have like to Great Gatsby, Catch 22, like Catch yep. on the Rock. 
eyes. The color mockingbird. Oh yeah. god, I. I know. There was a not a theory. There was like a rumor floating around that when Ginger was around fifteen, she got in trouble because she was hiding away like a, a copy of a Twilight book. I didn't in the house. know this rumor. <laughs> Yeah, which I'm like, I, I'm glad that she was able to get her hands on some yeah. at least substantial. You know what I mean? Like, it's crazy that that is the most substantial book that I, I'm sure was around the house at the time. Right, right. Like, I mean, it's read. not um, scandalous at all for us. No, I'm sure for them it was like absolute smut. Like, it was basically like yeah. erotica that Ginger was reading, which is why they, they yeah. quickly shut it down. It's so good. I could totally imagine like... That just seems like really in line with her personality, like trying to like sneak Something in a like romance. Yeah. I'm I'm glad she had some access to Twilight. It could be very formative yeah, for it's something. <laughs> it's something, yeah, it's something. It's like a hefty mm-hmm. book of sorts, yeah. you know? It has chapters, pages, paragraphs, yeah. like plot, it <laughs> yeah. that sort of thing. Um Yeah, and so that was the first episode. They're um they're tripping to the wild west of yeah. publicly funded Right. Education. <laughs> it's not right. so scary as they thought. The consensus, yeah. Their foray into the world of public education is over. Now it's time to further entrench themselves into yes. homeschool delusion. <laughs> ATI conference in Big Sandy, Texas. Yeah, so basically this is like a huge conference that they say they go to every year in Texas, like with all of the families who use the ATI curriculum to teach. All right, so we have the whole family on the way to Big Sandy. They have a whole ass RV, a huge trailer. Um, but they, I just want to mention this like one little scene. They break down, and so they're like, they blow a tire in the trailer, and Jim Bob and some of the boys are working on it. But one scene, which is so cute, um, <laughs> Josiah leaves the RV to pick flowers on the side of the highway, and it's just like the like cutest, most wholesome thing. And isn't he the one who talked about being an artist in the last episode, or is that not him? That's Jeremiah. Okay, but, but that's just like another little like um, personality shining through. Something that's not so expected, you know? Yeah, it's cute. He he says he's like going down to get these for his sisters, which is obviously like adorable. But okay, I also think that. This is another instance of production being like, okay, we need something to film. Let's film Josiah. Like, he's our go-to man. There you, know, you go. Like, yeah. He gives them you know? something. He does. Yeah. Because at this point, like, they're just watching Jim Bob fumble with these, like, random tools to change the tire. Mm-hmm. And obviously, like, I don't know. I feel like they just, like, were like, we need to get some footage. And I imagine, like, I like Josiah like, was just, like, happy to be in front of the camera. Mm-hmm. Um, I was also, like, I thought it was also interesting that um, – how much they include like stuff about production like the behind the scenes background stuff like in the episodes like not a lot but kind of more than i've seen in other reality tv shows like they would never do this on like teen mom or maybe they do i don't know um oh like um yeah yeah almost like breaking the fourth wall a little bit yeah kind of like i like that yeah i like that too and i feel like it's it was it's unusual for reality tv shows i'm not sure like Okay, so thing at this time, like I do like it when they do that in reality TV shows, like in this episode, yeah. And also, like when they when they were filming Josiah, like there was also they show the camera man being really excited. They're like, he's like, yeah, like that's what filmmaking is. Like we got a great, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, him, yeah. Like, hiding in the bushes, like trying to get like, a cinematic angle of Josiah mm-hmm. picking these wildflowers. Yep. I feel like it's also because they've talked kind of a lot about how this crew is pretty like tight with the family because it's been the same crew for a really long period of 
time, like guessing pretty ingrained in like the day to day with family. That but I but I think they they used to do more like behind the scenes stuff and show stuff that was going on with production and now there's zero of it. There's like absolutely none of it. I know. That's so true. Yeah. Um all right. So before we talk about the things that they did at the ATI conference, I mm-hmm. said I had another parenting gripe and I'm going to mention it before I forget. So when they're on the way, they are, they're all in the RV. And granted, I don't know anything about traveling with car seats in an RV, but there's one shot where they're speeding on the highway and there's two car seats in the back and they're just like sitting on these seats, not buckled in or anything. And that's just terrifying. I'm sure there's some way that you're supposed to buckle in car seats in like an RV because there are seatbelts back there. I got to call them out. Yeah. Oof. I actually, I actually don't think there is, but I think it's there, wild that like they're out. Okay. Okay. Be. It's crazy that in a car you need, like, it's yeah. like, absolutely mandatory. Like, you must be felt. And then in an RV, which is arguably more sure. dangerous and volatile, there's, like, things yeah. that fall. Like, the kids are just kind of, like, oh, yeah. walking around, having a good time. Like, no need to be buckled. It seems like a weird random yeah. just uh, loophole. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, all right. So, we have... ATI Conference in Big Sandy, Texas. Yeah. So, it just seems like a week of a lot of, like, aggressive... <laughs> Yeah. socializing with with other people who've adopted this curriculum and other strange habits indicative sure. of fundyism. it's like a bunch of little dugger families and it's yeah basically a homeschooling convention jill mentions that it's uh, a chance to see friends that they have and yeah like you said it's like their main way of socializing with a lot of people outside of their family it's also weird that like the Duggars are like veritable celebrities mm-hmm. at this conference. So obviously like they've done the Discovery specials. This is our second episode of the 19 Kids and Counting show. I think it's called 18 Kids and Counting at this point. They have this camera crew following them around. They're they're like the stars of the show at this conference. It's weird. Obviously they're a conspicuous family. They're super large, but they have this camera crew and they have people like coming up oh, to them yeah. and at one point this mom is like, "Oh my god, I'm so glad I met you. Can you sign my daughter's hairspray bottle? <laughs> like, pushes her daughter in front of the camera and, like, has Jim Bob sign a bottle of hairspray. Like, this place is oh, ridiculous. Like, these people are so uncomfortable. But Jim Bob is, like, beaming. He's, like, this into it. <laughs> this is the moment for him. He's like, this is exactly what I should be doing. There's also a segment in the episode where it's just Jim Bob talking about styling his hair and styling it into his bowl cut, parted, poofy hairstyle that he's had forever. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. It's like a whole thing. Yeah, I feel like, like nobody needs to know that much about your oh, hair care routine. No. But he likes talking about it. He's very proud of his hair. But unfortunately, most of his sons don't share his full full head of hair because if you look at all of the other Duggar hairlines, they're very unfortunate. No, they start early. Um, I, you know, I did read somewhere that I don't know, this could be totally wrong and just like uh, old an old wives tale, but I read that your kid's hairline or how thick or thin their hair is comes from the mom's side. So maybe yeah, I've that, that too. Okay, so maybe that explains why all the Duggar sons have these terrible receding hairlines and Jim Bob just yeah. has this like full head of hair still. Yeah. No, the funniest thing to me is also how um Jeremy's hairline. <laughs> like people are people like the, the <laughs> people have said like joke that the Duggar jeans are so strong that <laughs> you can get like hair loss by association, like by association. Yeah. Because yeah. his hairline does look like the 
Duggar boy hairline. Yeah, I see it. All right. The producers, um, before they leave to go to Big Sandy, the producers talk to Jill and Jim Bob separately about, you know, who they're going to see at the conference and if there will be a lot of boys there. And Jill is, you know, a young teenager and she's so, she like awkwardly giggles away the question. And Jim Bob's also like kind of weird about their kids um, meeting possible courtship partners. But as we all know, this is how Josh and Anna met at one of these, right? Right, yeah. And I have heard this conference described as like a fundy meat market where you kind of like, which is so funny to me, like all these like repressed, I don't know, uptight fathers and mothers like showing off their newly eligible children like around town in this conference hall. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I could totally see it happening. Okay. All right. I have another like a... And some other baseless assumptions and theories based off of nothing more than Go on. camera shots and uh, and like strategically placed voiceovers. Um, so when they're talking about this, so there's a scene where the Duggars reunite with the Bates at Big Sandy mm-hmm. and talk about how, you know, how similar they are. They both have like insanely huge families and all this stuff. And they're interviewing Gil Bates and they're like, yeah, it'd be so great to have, you know, there could be a relationship between a Duggar and a Bates sometime soon, you know, that could happen. And then the most like extended awkward shot of John David looking like incredibly nervous and like shy and kind of like, oh. just like anxious. And then he's staring at Aaron Bates. Oh God. And there's like, there's like shots back and forth of these two kind of like making eyes yeah. at each other across this hall. And I'm like, oh my God, wait, was that ever a thing? Like, was like, that was ever that supposed to happen? Supposed to be a thing? Yeah, exactly. Like, was that something that they were setting up for the future? Like with these earlier shots? I wouldn't be surprised at this point because this is before, you know, all the, all the shit hit the fan about that, about, you know, Josh and everything. Oh, right. So yeah. like at this point and, and John David being the oldest son still available like yeah oh yeah i'm saying i think it was it really seems like the parents were pushing the possibility of like a future Mm -hmm. relationship between the like a duggar kid and a bates kid but also okay side note do you watch the crown yeah okay so this was so wild to me because there were also rumors that Jana, like her original heartbreak, she originally had her heart broken by Chad Payne, who's now married to Aaron Bates. So like the rumor Uh is that she had her eye really set on Chad. She wanted someone, you know, like him who worked with his hands and was super industrious. And like, he's like, I guess traditionally aesthetically hot or whatever in like an Aryan youth way to me but whatever <laughs> right, um, right, yeah. but yeah so there was a rumor that like she really had her eyes on Chad Payne who went after Aaron and so okay this is like <laughs> don't, this is like a parallel to like Anne and Charles on the crown the, the oh, people who they yeah. were like hopelessly in love with ended up marrying <laughs> each other and they were both left like in the dust heartbroken See, there's so many, like, so many, like, absolutely fascinating, juicy, interesting things that maybe could have happened that we right. don't know about. And I, like, would have been a ratings bonanza. Can you imagine if this had been a storyline? God. <laughs> like, You're right. There two, is, like, like so much twins. we don't know, like, which then leads to so much speculation. Yeah. I know. And it's, oh, yeah. like, there's material to draw upon, I feel like. Um it's a shame. I mean, they would never do it, but they could. Oh, make I know. Some, Instead of just like, like the, the usual so pattern, to see if they like. Oh God, I know. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. 
but for yeah. now all we have is the are these like long like, stairs all, all we have is John the ability to go frame by frame <laughs> with all these like old scenes yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> break down what might have happened <laughs> um yeah I damn know. really though i wonder i, know. I wonder um all right so all right so we have the whole family on the way to big sandy they have a whole ass rv a huge trailer um but they i just want to mention this like one little scene they break down and so they're like they blow a tire in the trailer and jibbub and some of the boys are working on it but one scene which is so cute um Josiah leaves the RV to pick flowers on the side of the highway and it's just like the like cutest most wholesome thing and isn't he the one who talked about being an artist in the last episode or is that not him okay but that's just like another little like um, personality shining through something that's not so expected you know Yeah, it's cute. He he says he's, like, going down to get these for his sisters, which is obviously, like, adorable. But, okay, I also think that this is another instance of hmm. production being, like, okay, there we you need go. something to yeah, film. Yeah, he gives Let's film Josiah. Like, he's our yeah. go-to man, you know, for this type of thing. You know? He does, because at this point, like, they're just watching Jim Bob fumble with these, like, random tools to change the tire. And, obviously, like, I don't know. I feel like I they like just, that. like, we're, like, we need to get some footage and Mm-hmm. I imagine like Josiah is, like was just like happy to be in front of the camera. Um, I was also like I thought it was also interesting that um, how much they include like stuff about production, like the behind the scenes background stuff, like in the episodes. Like not a lot, but kind of more than I've seen in other reality TV shows. Like they would never do this on like. Teen mom, or maybe they do. I don't know. Um, but yeah, like production, kind of. We see shot, and like we see, and we they interview. Cam- they don't interview, but like they go around to camera people, and they're like, they gripe about like the Duggar, how the Duggars oh, are like, always um, late. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, yeah, like, like we're waiting the on Duggars again. And then in this, I like that. Yeah, yeah. Kind of like i like yeah. that too and i feel like it's, okay, so it was, they, it's unusual for reality they shows. i'm never, not sure like they didn't do that on teen mom for a long time like, and then they started to do it and they started to show like they showed the cast members talking to producers and stuff like that um and and i like that in teen mom so yeah i i do like it when they do that in reality tv shows like in this episode yeah me too and also, like when they when they were filming Josiah, like there was also they show the cameraman, like being really yeah, excited. Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like that's what filmmaking is. Like we got a great shot because like they show him like hiding in the bushes, like trying to get yep. like a good ang- like a cinematic angle of Josiah picking these wildflowers. Um, I feel like it's also because this fam they've talked kind of a lot about how. Um, this fan, this yeah. crew is pretty like tight with the family because it's been the same crew for uh-huh. a really long period of time. Like, yes, they're pretty ingrained in like the day to day with the family. That, but I, but I think they, it's like the trajectory was like an inverse one, and in that they, they used to do behind the scenes stuff. <coughs> Excuse me, 
they used to do more like behind the scenes stuff and show stuff that was going on in production and now there's zero of it there's like absolutely none of it Um, yeah right i don't know i don't have any Um, theories about like why that is or anything but i feel like maybe it just goes i'm trying to like like i don't know i don't know because it's not 19 kids and counting maybe i don't know yeah Mm-hmm. I was already thinking maybe because it's like more serious, right? To it off differentiate so a little bit, <laughs> even though they, you know it's basically the same thing now. Yeah. Um. Yeah. All right. So before we talk about the things that they did, they at um the ATI conference. Um, I said i had another parenting gripe and i'm mm-hmm. gonna mention it before i forget um when they're, so when they're on the way they are they're all in the rv right. and granted i don't know anything about traveling with car seats in an rv but there's one shot where they're speeding on the highway and there's two car seats in the back and they're just like sitting on these seats not buckled in or anything and that's just like terrifying like i'm sure there's some way that you're supposed to buckle in car seats in like an RV because there are seatbelts back there. But yes, let's, you know, I got to call them out. Oof. Yeah. I actually, I actually don't think there is, but I think it's wild that like there absolutely should be like, it's crazy that you can like in a car, you need, like, it's like absolutely mandatory. Like you must seatbelt. And then in an RV, which is like, yeah. Arguably more dangerous oh, and yeah. there's like things like a ball. Like the kids are just kind of like running around, like having a good time, like no need to be yeah. buckled. Like it seems like it a does. weird, like random <laughs> just uh um, polar consistency with yeah. All right. So they they're at the conference. And yeah, it's basically like um it's a big campground, everyone has their own sites. Um the boys do work with the alert program, so they're climbing on things and doing outdoor activities. And was it alert or was it that's like- what they said. Oh, yeah. okay. Um they the girls um are off doing something else, so they get to teach younger kids about music and the Bible. So they're kind of in charge like so the older girls are like in charge of like younger kids and I was thinking, you know, like, even if in this case, the girls get the short end of the stick because they're in, they're off, like, teaching instead of participating in activities, um, I think it probably feels really nice that they get, like, a little independence for once because they're not stuck with their family. Um, they kind of get to do their own thing in a way. You know what I mean? I feel like they have it worse. Oh. Like, they they don't have their buddies, but they have to take care of now, like, each like 30 children like they have to like look after i know but i don't know it just seems like they get a little bit of freedom i thought but i guess i'm just i'm giving them too much here (laughs) (laughs) no it's like it just seems so depressing to me like that they're they're in a massive like weird gray warehouse that has it's just like a massive warehouse that they are utilizing for this conference i don't know it's just it feels like it would suck to be like okay maybe it's because the boys look like they're doing like genuinely fun things like they get to do like ropes courses well, yeah they they're doing to... like actual activities that are that they yeah. wouldn't be able to do at home whereas the girls are just in, <laughs> they're just in charge of more kids 
They've just been charged with more children. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know. It seems like they get to choose between like whether they want to participate in this orchestra or like teach little kids how to do things. Or, True, like, but I mean to I to go on what you said though. I mean, it seems very hectic because it is it's like a one huge like warehouse looking room with all of these noisy ass kids yeah it just seems like creepy and weird oh, yeah yeah and gray and sad it does <laughs> so, seem like, very sad <laughs> yeah it, this space is like weird vibes weird yeah. vibes yeah I don't know. It's just like they're stuck indoors doing all this shit while like the guys are out like playing on tractors. And I miss doing ropes courses. Maybe is what I realized. It looks so fun. Like these, um, I know they're doing like rappelling and rock climbing. Oh yeah. And one thing I noticed that I saw was interesting is um they're kind of explaining you know how it like builds confidence for young men and it like inspires them you know to to be like men and stuff whatever. Of course. (laughs) Um, but they like interview Jed, who at this point is maybe like 11 or 11, we'll say. And they're like, he's not doing any of the ropes courses. And they ask him why. And he says, I'm I'm scared of heights. Maybe I get it from Ginger. Oh, and I'm like, okay, I don't think that's how genetics work. I don't, think I, I don't think genetic traits are passed down through buddy systems. <laughs> like, but, but maybe like sensibilities might be like, I wonder if Jed does take after Ginger in some ways. Like, But for him because- to say that, it's just it's just sad because he doesn't think about oh i got that for my mom or i got that for my dad yeah. i got that for my buddy <laughs> i got that for my buddy yeah, yeah. it's like oh oh Chad, that's not how Jeez. it works no kind of. <laughs> <laughs> i mean she she acts like your mom and she you know takes care of you like your mom but she's not your biological mom right yeah but i wonder like i mean it must be the case that they they the kid the buddies kind of adopt sure traits or like habits it. or like which is super interesting like yeah. yeah there's not enough at this point scientific research as to like epigenetics and buddy <laughs> systems yeah. not, not a field we know enough about at this point <laughs> right uh. <laughs> so the episode ends with jim bob getting ready to go on stage and you know um I guess he's scheduled to talk to all the other parents and he talks about being nervous, talking to a big crowd, which is very surprising to me. So I don't know how much I believe that. I don't understand. Um, And that uh, he gets ready to go on stage and the episode ends with all the Duggar kids singing um, for the rest of the attendees. And I think it's the only sighting of Josh all episode, but he's up there singing with them. Yeah. Yeah, they're whatever. They're not very good. <laughs> no. But they're singing for this entire conference. People are really into it. I noticed like people in the audience were like wrapped, you know, mm-hmm. they were like paying it. They were like, I need to know what this family says. I Cause like, we need to like replicate whatever they did. Like they're doing yeah. it right. Like clearly yeah. they're like, they hold a lot of weight among this crowd. Mm-hmm. Of sure. them. Cause they really did hit the jackpot. Like, yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was going to say like, okay. It's clear that they're, more financially well off than all the other families they bring their rv they also tow this truck full of like they bring 18 bikes with them Mm -hmm. they bring like atvs and tractors and like to texas like from arkansas yeah they're just riding around the campground like yeah it's like they're kings of the camp like it really seems like they're like kind of in their element i don't like i don't want to be judgmental but it seems like none of none of these families seem particularly well off no and uh, and like I said, 
you know, I had mentioned how most most uh, fundy families with all these kids like aren't, you know, I read a, an article, a salon.com article from somebody who was in a fundy family. And she said that the Duggar situation is very atypical. And so that sort of supports the idea that all these families at eight, at the ATI conference, just like look to them as the gold standard. Yeah. And it's just so sad because like, their model is not one that can really be replicated. No. Like not every family can sure. get their own show on DLC that yeah. can help defray the cost of having a family of 19. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, they also meet with, um, there's a scene where Jim, Bob and Josh meet with this guy called Jim Sammons. Mm-hmm. And he's like an IVLP guy. And they talk, or Jim Bob talks about how he has this like financial freedom seminar um, that he, I guess, is like famous for in the funding world. And Jim Bob talks about how like he really credits him with helping him set up this like empire, I guess, and yeah. be, you know have no debt and have a lot of investments. Which okay, isn't it hypocritical that like the foundation of this t- of like this guy's teaching is like you can't be in debt to anyone yet people have to be in debt to you because you have to like invest in other sure, businesses yeah. and stuff. Like, oh god gross but okay i was doing some reading about this and it seems like jim sammons was their introduction like official introduction into, into fundy world okay into fundy world as a whole yeah like when they were a young couple i think they talked about doing yeah yeah like jim bob and michelle like when they were a young couple they talked about doing the financial freedom seminar and that introducing them to the world of like ati and the world of like iblp okay which is interesting that now we're meeting yeah. the man responsible for this whole rigmarole to begin with. Right. Like, if it wasn't for him, like, maybe. I, there's also, like, there's con- not conflicting things, but the other thing that their kind of, like, conversion is attributed to is, like, their the miscarriage of their second child, Caleb. Some, like, quack doctor told them it was related to Michelle being on the pill. Mm-hmm. The birth control, yeah, so. Yeah. So, I feel like that might have been, like, the inciting incident, but, like, they're... Yeah, the gateway drug to, to sure. feminism was um, Jim Sammons. You know, like he really provided them a path of first you like take this freedom seminar and then, oh, I'm also part of this organization, you know. And then just like, and, oh, we also have a homeschooling thing. Yep. Yeah. And it just kept yep, yeah. evolving. And, yeah. Oh, God. I feel like he was also significant. Okay, not significant, but it was just like annoying that like Jim Bob is meeting with this man and he only brings along like his like oldest son, Josh, to meet with him. Like, it just seemed like gross, icky men like talking in a back room about like money and power and like feeling very smug and self satisfied. And it's like, Oof. you guys do nothing and you guys are terrible. Yeah. Oh, God. All right. Any other thoughts on this episode? I, I wonder how much that signed hairspray bottle can go for on eBay. <laughs> I just hope that little girl used the proceeds to secretly buy a copy of Twilight. Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) All right. That's it for this episode. Uh, Be sure to follow us on Instagram at SideHugsPod and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Snark on, Mother Duggars. (laughs) 